Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Well, Andrew, thank you for being on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. Um, I wanted to have you on because obviously I've known you forever, so I've, my whole life. So I've known you with kids, I've known you without kids, and um, you also work with uh, families through your career. So I think you'll have a lot of great insight into what I'm hoping to accomplish with this podcast, which is prepare people for parenting and what that's going to be like and how, what we can do now and the work we can do on ourselves to be better parents because there's no way to obviously prepare for the kid like we don't know what it's going to actually be like but I think in terms of who we are and really taking the time to reflect on all of that is really valuable to do ahead of time so we can start at the beginning um, before you had kids did you always know you wanted to have kids yeah I I think um, I definitely wanted to have that experience of, of having kids but it was kind of uh, in the back of my mind. It wasn't something that I focused on. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh yeah, maybe one day that would mm-hmm. be cool to do. <laughs> but um, it wasn't a, a, a specific. It was just more of a general thought. Yeah. Had you been around kids a lot before you had kids? Because I I know you had a nephew, you had Luke, but not really. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I I had taken you know child psychology classes and had to interview kids and spend time with kids, but uh, you know, um, no, I, I wouldn't say that I was well versed in childcare <laughs> yeah. by any means. Yeah, well, you were also the youngest too, so you didn't really have a lot of that's true kids to take care of or anything right. like that. Right. Um, I've always thought though that you and Laura are really good at balancing out your time. With your kids and time you guys take for yourselves as well was that a conversation you guys had before you had kids or was it something that just evolved over time I think it's a little of both mm-hmm. I think that um, we are very mindful of the time that we spend together you know we have date night that we don't get lost in just you know working and being parents mm-hmm. but that we have time you know, for ourselves, mm-hmm. that we're like, oh, we're still adults. We still have passion. We still love one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you really have to to schedule that. You mm-hmm. know, we're taking a trip uh, this weekend where we're going to New York. Just the two of us, an adult trip. Nice. So um, we are aware of it, um, and um, it's just through a lot of communicating mm-hmm. uh, that we get to that place. Yeah, because you usually hear like. I mean, for people who don't have kids, like, oh, your life just completely changes. You can't do anything you used to do, you know, once you have kids and all that stuff. But so how did you manage that transition? And is there anything you actually really can't do now that you have kids? Is that actually true or not? Well, one thing, you know, that not that it's a regret. I wish I would have traveled more. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, our kids are getting uh, older, so we can travel with them. 
but you know having young kids you can't really travel mm-hmm. um, so uh, it, it, you never know with kids you try to predict as much as you can mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is just kind of holding your breath and being like, okay, we'll see, Mm -hmm. you know, um, thankfully both my kids are good travelers, but I've heard horror stories of, you know, parents trying to take their kids to Europe or trying to take them to New York and the kids are just screaming and crying and Mm -hmm. so then they don't want to travel. Yeah. So, um, a lot of it, you just don't know. You just have to be flexible that you can set boundaries and hope and try to structure things but a lot of it is just okay we're doing it we'll see how this goes <laughs> we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. yeah deep breath <laughs> yeah. yeah um and obviously you know when you're preparing for kids and like when your wife is pregnant you're not going through those physical changes it's just you're like have you ever heard of the phrase um woman becomes a mom when she becomes pregnant but a sure. man becomes a dad when he holds the baby so what like changes did you kind of go through when Laura was pregnant did you I think I was really uh protective of Laura mm-hmm. you know I've heard people say that they bond with the child when it's in the mom's stomach all that uh-uh. I I really was very protective of Laura yeah I just wanted to make sure that she was okay um I think I felt um uh, you know, that she was carrying this child. Yeah. Uh, so I I really bent over backwards to do anything for her with her moods or anything like that. I was like, I'm there, whatever yeah. you need. So that That's really awesome. bonded us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you have friends that had kids already? I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always say this, that Laura and I, you know, I got we got married when I was I think thirty six. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas people that I knew that were getting married at twenty, and in their early twenties, they were all getting divorced because they really hadn't found themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that Laura and I, being later in life, getting married and having kids, we really had a, a better sense of self than mm-hmm. um, I think. I, I know that I did when I was in my 20s. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. A lot of people have said that, like, once you're in your 30s, you totally are more secure, and that's a better time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, there's just a lot of transition in, in your 20s. There's a lot of transition in life, but you have a better sense of self mm-hmm. when you're in your 30s, I think, than you do in your 20s. Yeah, like knowing what's important to you and sure. what you value and all that. Yeah. So from your friends who had did already have kids at that point, did you seek any advice from anyone like that or were you just Not really. What I noticed is that the couples that have kids hang out with couples that have kids. Yeah. Because they're a lot more understanding. It, it it's difficult, although we have a couple friends that that don't have children but you know, they want to go out and and party and and stay out late mm-hmm. and you know, we went out with a couple and 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 they text us let's let's meet for dinner at 10 and i was like 10 <laughs> i wouldn't even do that <laughs> we're, we're, we're not in new york this is like what <laughs> 10 o'clock whereas you know uh people that had kids would never dare suggest that yeah <laughs> you know i'd be like that's so what? funny um so there 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 wasn't much advice because we weren't really hanging out with and it if got it that makes sense it was just kind of seeing them at a party but i wasn't saying hey what's the best advice you can give me for kids 
because there is no advice yeah. that you can give someone. I, I remember, you know, we signed up for like uh, all these different classes when Laura was pregnant. I think we maybe went to one. There was like <laughs> birth and breathing and Lamaze and then all this. We went to one class. Yeah. And it was like, no. Yeah. And we're not. I bought so many books. I think I read maybe one of them. Yeah. Or maybe a couple chapters. And I was like, yeah, the book thing to me doesn't seem interesting. I've never been like an avid reader. And so I would rather talk it out or just experience it. Like you're saying, it's just kind of going through it is the best way. To just... Yeah, it's just, it's so unpredictable mm-hmm. that everybody is really different. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I remember people were saying to Laura, don't you love being pregnant? And isn't it great? And, and Laura's like, no, yeah. I hate it. Yeah. This sucks. You know. I remember she was like the first person that ever said like this is like having an alien inside yeah. of you. She's, she was just so real bizarre. about it, and there yeah. were, were. I remember there was a, a group of pregnant women, and they were just they were. Isn't it great to be glowing? And Laura's like, no, this fucking sucks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh my god, that's so funny. But you've still you've like grown up with so many close friends. So have you guys all now? Are all your kids around the same age? Are you guys all going through that together? Um. Yes and no. Uh, I I wish I could say that we're more social, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you become really close. Uh, and and this is just us. Other people could be different. Right. Um, but when your kid goes to school and they make friends, mm-hmm. this concept or idea that you have to make friends with their parents that that's just not real. If yeah. it happens terrific right but that doesn't always happen you know no I totally believe that this idea that everybody is the right age and will get along and can go on trips that if you have that cool super lucky you know with Laura my sister because you know her boys are you know Jack and and Cooper are, are close in age yeah we can go on trips together and it is really fun and it's great that doesn't always happen. And if right. it does, you're super stoked that you get along because that's just, you know. Yeah, that kind of happened with us because we had eight grandchildren in four years. So we're yeah. all so close in age, Yeah, um, which is nice. And with our family friends too. But yeah, we never went on trips or did anything like that with like friends from school's families. It was never like that never really evolved. Yeah, but I mean. It... It's really the community you have before that sticks. Yeah, I think. you know, it's, it's just... Um, but I do know some some friends that have really close friends with their kids, and everybody gets along, mm-hmm. and everybody gets together. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just rare. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in terms of your life before, have you and Laura talked about what aspects you want to share with Ruby and Cooper? Like, are, is honesty the best policy, or are there definitely things that you guys would rather keep uh, to yourself? I, I, you know, yes, um, honesty is the best policy. To a certain extent. Yeah. You know, we have been very open with our kids. If they ask questions, we're not going to lie to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some things that they don't know. They don't need to know in detail. Like, you of know, course. You know, I, I didn't know things about my parents. I don't want to know right. in, in detail. I have a general idea. Um, so I, it really depends you know, Cooper is, he's nine and he's very inquisitive and, uh, you know, he's a little rock star. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, he's now starting to ask questions, you know, about drugs and alcohol. And, and you know, and we're honest with him. Mm-hmm. Certainly not about things that we've done, but just, hey, this is what, this is, this is what happens. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, I, I think honesty is the best policy to a certain extent. Definitely. Yeah, those questions, do they throw you off or are you like kind of yeah, know because, what you're going to say? No, 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 because they come at the most unpredictable times, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he'll ask a, a sex question as I'm dropping him off for school. And I'm like, dude, now, <laughs> now you're asking me? We had this whole time of walking. You wait till we're right here at your classroom <laughs> to ask me this question. Oh like, my let's God. talk about it later. Yeah. You know, um. And I, Laura and I had always talked about being honest and straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, um, so we are, and, and they can be very uncomfortable and tricky and huge. And you're just like, you know, um, I remember when, when Cooper, I think was, you know, maybe four or five and he started asking God questions. I'm like, uh, well, this is what I think. This is what other people think. It's really, you know. That's and a I, tough one. That's a yeah. Big and yeah. and I think it's important to give options to to you know. And I do that with my clients as well. When clients say, "Tell me what to do," I I don't say you got to do this. I I don't have agenda. I you know I, I say well here's one option. Mm-hmm. Here's another option. You know, um, and we discuss it. You know, when when they're big questions like God questions, you're like, uh, well, and then yeah. you know, so yeah, because you want them to form their own opinion about Absolutely. it ultimately. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what about cursing? Does he ever like curse or? You know, um, Laura and I are a lot more mindful of of cursing mm-hmm. when when we had children. Uh, we certainly didn't want our kids to be potty mouths. Um, of course, yeah. So, uh, but he, you know, he's nine. He's on a schoolyard. He understands, you know. And if he says something, we'll say, "Hey, you know, do you know what that means?" Why? And we'll question. We'll discuss with him. Um, and, and say, you know what, there's just much better words that you can use. Yeah. Um, Again, with the options. I think that's the like yeah. best way to approach it. It's In like our a, house, cho- a choice. There's certain yeah. words. You know, you can't use that word. Mm-hmm. No, you, no way. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. You cannot use that word. In our house. Or anywhere for that matter. Yeah. You know, um, when Cooper listens to, to certain music, you know, if there's hip hop music playing and and you know, the N word is thrown out. You know, I will explain to him, listen, this is just one word you cannot use. Yeah. Absolutely not. And this is the reasons why. Yeah. Um, so we are, we're very straightforward in, That's in good. explaining and sharing. Yeah. I, I want him to get his information from us as opposed to totally. some kid uh, in school. I totally agree with that. My mom told me this hilarious story of you when your mom was selling her house mm-hmm. uh, when you were really little. Yeah. And she was waiting for prospective buyers to come, and you oh. answer the door, and you just go, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a funny story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you must have picked that up somewhere. Sure. <laughs> or you were mad that the house was being sold, or... I'm sure I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. But kids are, are, are sponges, and you have to be mm. very mindful and careful and mm-hmm. aware of what you're discussing, and... and when and if they're around and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember when um, Jose's son was like three. It wasn't mm-hmm. as big of a deal because he wasn't really. First of all, he didn't speak English. He only spoke Spanish. Right. But now he's twelve. He speaks English. It's a totally different conversation. Yeah. 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 So um, and and it, it, there's a fine line because you know you want to be direct and straightforward, and yet some things are just not appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the conversation that Laura and I had when my father had cancer, when my mother had cancer, hey, how do we share this information with our kids? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And and how do we explain this and all that stuff? So the two of us really had to discuss that and, and get on the same page. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's key with raising kids is that the parents are on the same page. That's really important because it sends a mixed message if if one parent feels one way and the other feels the other it, it, it's too confusing so then with your clients um if do you ever get couples in here who are in, are not on the same page when it comes to how many kids they want oh, if yeah. they want kids absolutely how is that how is that a conversation that come can that can reach a compromise because in my mind people really know how many kids they want and if they want kids that's like a personal decision everyone has to make so if you go into a relationship and you're totally like how did they meet in the middle well, um, it's a good question, and there is no perfect answer. You know, I have couples that come in here and, and have huge arguments about religion and how they want to raise their children. And I, you know, uh, I think a lot of people might be thinking, well, didn't you have that conversation before you get married? And sometimes not, um, whether it be religion or how many children or all this different stuff. You really need to be... Um, flexible you need to listen there needs to be respect and um you know sometimes you have to compromise and and that's not easy yeah that seems like a tough one yeah i mean i'll never forget um when i was in school and i was taking couples therapy and the teacher wrote on the first day on the board the professor wrote do you want to be right or do you want to be married Mm -hmm. and i think about those words almost every day yeah. Do I want to be right or do I want to be married? And how do I check my ego? And how do I compromise here? And how am I flexible? And do I really want this? And having that ability to communicate that in a reasonable, rational, calm way. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. I mean, those are, I think, definitely conversations people shouldn't be having, of course, before and, they get and married. And people change, you know? Yeah, I, that's I think, true. I, I hear this a lot that people will say, Oh, I wasn't raised religious. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. And then all of a sudden they have a child and they're like, you know what? I do care. It's very important that I raise this child this way. And and their spouse is saying, wait a second. Mm-hmm. We had conversations. And they say, I know, but I changed. People change. And people's feelings about things. I know I had a couple that came in and they wanted, when they first got married, they wanted to have lots of kids. And after they had two kids... The husband said, you know what? I don't want to have any more kids. Mm -hmm. And the wife said, what are you talking about? We planned on having, you know, five kids. And and we have two. And he said, you know what? I don't want to go through this anymore. It's too difficult. People change. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you you have to be flexible and and willing and, and respectful. So um, how do you separate those really like heavier days and at work when you go home with your kids? <laughs> like, is there, do you have a method of 
leaving it at work or in your car or what I, you're doing. I do. Um, I, I'm good at compartmentalizing in terms of the minute I walk out this door mm-hmm. is done. Okay. I'm not processing or thinking. I really check myself. I think that that drive home, um, whether I'm meditating in the car or listening to music, that I'm really just kind of letting go of the day. When I come home, um, most days uh, I will shower. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I'm dirty, yeah. just washing the day off me. It, yeah. it's, you know, um, I meditate uh, an hour in the morning. Uh, and then about 40 minutes at night every day just to clear my mind. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's really important that I have me time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, so yeah, it's, there's gotta be that, that divider. So, um, what are some other things that you do for that me time? Like I know you well, work I, out and yeah, run marathons. Up, yeah, <laughs> I wake up at about 4.15 and the dogs are asleep, the kids are asleep, wife's asleep. The world's asleep. That's yeah. my gold time. I really like it. I'll, I'll meditate, and then I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I come home, um, and and then you know Laura's up, and we'll make lunches together. Um, but like I was saying before, that it's important that I don't lose myself in my work, in being a father, mm-hmm. in being a husband. That I still have goals or projects. That, that I'm doing, whether it's running marathons or working on my old cars mm-hmm. or getting tattooed or whatever it is mm-hmm. that I'm not husband, father, mm-hmm. therapist, that, mm-hmm. that, that there's other things going on. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, Laura teases me because I, um, I get so focused on my passion, my passion projects. Mm-hmm. That it's like I just dive right into it. That's good. Yeah, she's like you couldn't just run; you had to be uh, run a marathon. But it wasn't just one marathon; you had to run six marathons. You know, so. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, with tattoos, you're obviously covered. You're my go-to yeah. person in LA who to ask where I should go. Um, and clearly, you're not like buttoned down, so you sh- like your pay- you show your clients that you're. You know. Um, Sometimes I'll, I'll wear my sleeves down. Yeah. But I do have tattoos on my hands yeah. and fingers. You know, no one... There's sometimes where I'll roll my sleeve up and someone will go, Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I... It's not that big of an issue. Yeah, I wouldn't think it's not. My mom, every time I get a new one, she's like, you're jeopardizing your career. And I just have to laugh because I'm like, it's 2018. That's just not true anymore. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you want to do and where yeah. you want to work. Listen, I, I have a private practice, so I have the, the luxury of picking and choosing clients that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know, when I was first starting, I, I, I don't think I'd have a big job stopper tattoo on my neck totally. or anything. Yeah. Um, it could alienate potential clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but the clients that I see, you know, my range is from 18 years old to I have a, uh, a 72-year-old woman that I see. So, uh, wow. you know, um, but nobody is, is put off by it mm-hmm. by any means. Um. So when you're working with those 18-year-olds or mm-hmm. something that I just always think about as something I think everybody who wants to be a parent has to be prepared for is the possibility of having a child who has mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And for someone I've been fortunate enough not to really have any. I've seen therapists, you know, during difficult times in my life, but I've never had anxiety or depression or anything mm-hmm. like that. So 
I fear if I have a child who's going through that and I wouldn't be able to relate to them or like help be an advocate for them or really like, sh- like I, I'm sure I could show up for them, but I, it like would frustrate me not to fully understand what they're going through. So how do you help parents going through that or, or kids to, to kind of communicate, I guess, on that subject? Well, I, I think that it's um, important that, that parents have boundaries and structure and mm-hmm. they don't lose themselves in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course you want to be a loving parent and you want to be protective. Um, what I see is that parents, there's a new term, there used to be the helicopter parents, mm-hmm. now there's the lawnmower parents. Oh, what's that? The lawnmower parents <laughs> clear any obstacle out of the way for their children. Oh, yeah. okay. So um, that's that's a term, <laughs> a new term. Um, you know, the helicopters used to hover. Yeah. The, the lawnmower clears. Clears. <laughs> um, Which doesn't really help them for the real no, world. No, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. Um, parents have to not lose sight of the fact that their children are not their children. What do you mean by that? The kids are, are, are individuals. Right. Okay? And their children are going to make decisions mm-hmm. based on what's right for them. Yes, a parent can be helpful in in the decisions they make, but they don't own their kids. Right. And and they have to realize that and accept that. And that's what parents don't like doing. It's very difficult. Um, when I taught my son how to ride a bike, it was quite a process. <laughs> But it, it taught me a lot. And I, I read all the child psychology books about, you know, allowing your child to, to fail and fall. But you've got a kid on a bike who's riding and you're running alongside and he's saying, don't let go, dad, don't let go. And at some point you have to let go. And then, of course, he goes crashing into the tree and he slams his bike down and he yells and he screams and he's hysterical and he right. wants to run back in the house. And you say, no, get back on the bike and you're calm and you get back on the bike and you start riding and he says don't let go don't let go and once again you let him go yeah he learns how to self-soothe and as much as we want to take care of our children we can be there for them but they have to learn to take care of themselves with mental issues it's really tricky um because yeah there are things that you might not relate to but you'll be supportive Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to gauge on depending on the mental illness, depending right, on course, where they're yeah. at and all that stuff. There's so many factors in play. Yeah. Um, it's imperative that that the child knows that you are supportive of him or her. Mm-hmm. That's what's uh, really important. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such an interesting point, you know, that you're independent, that your kids are independent from you. Yeah. I mean, so, something that you and Laura said to me a few Thanksgivings ago, I don't know if you even remember it, but you guys said that you love your kids so much, but you love each other more. Yes. And that totally, like, was eye-opening for someone without kids because, I don't know, you just never really think about it that way. And, of course, I'm sure some people would be like, why would you say that? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, how did, like, what was the discussion like, or how did you guys get to that point where you were saying that out loud, like, so confidently and, like, knew that was the case for your relationship? Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think that, number one it kind of reinforces our bond mm-hmm. and our connectedness and our, our love for one another that we don't lose sight of our connection. Mm-hmm. A lot of couples that I see, um, it's just mom and pop managing the shop. Mm-hmm. That, 
yeah, they love each other. There's no passion that they've become full-time caretakers Mm -hmm. and they're taking care of their kids and they're working and that's that. And they come home and and they're roommates almost. Yeah. They're just managing the shop. So we say that to kind of reinforce that connective bond. Mm -hmm. Um, And that our kids aren't our entire lives. Right. That there's other things. So, uh, but yeah, we, we've definitely gotten looks from, from, from parents Mm -hmm. and friends when we do say that, but that's, that's, that's true. No, I think that's amazing. I love that. Um, cool. So, um, final round of questions that I'll be asking everybody. Um, what mantra or words do you live by? Words do I live by? Um, well, definitely for, for the relationship, but like I said, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Yeah, that seems like that's a good one. Um, I think it might, and this might sound uh, corny or, or cheesy or tried, I think it's imperative that we as individuals love ourselves. I think that's really important, and, and I'm always uh, reminded of this when I, I get on a plane and the stewardess talks about the oxygen mask dropping and that you have to put it on yourself first. And I remember thinking when I was, you know, um, when my kids were first born, hell no. Yeah. I'm going to take care of my kids first and foremost. You know, what parent wanted. But if you're not taking care of yourself. You can't take care of your kids. That's right. Yeah. So the waking up at, at, at 4.15 and the meditating and you know the working out and the exercising that's all um me loving myself and that's really important and and that might sound self-indulgent or selfish no. but i i think it's really important yeah it makes you a better dad a better partner a better therapist yeah. it's yeah. just it's completely necessary yeah and people totally forget to do that yeah. for themselves so that's uh, that's a mantra that i live by i i think um also uh and I, I work on this of being a good listener. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I think that, and it's difficult for us with our ego. We like to talk a lot mm-hmm. and share, um, but just to lay back in the cut and just shut up and mm-hmm. just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always important, especially when you're like going on job interviews and stuff. I have the tendency to just talk and talk and talk, but my mom's like, just listen. Don't talk so much. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's interesting. I remember in the beginning stages of uh, the relationship, mm-hmm. when Laura had a problem, me being the male machismo man, I want to solve all her problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm a therapist. Well, then I'm going to solve all the problems. And she was like, you know what? I, I don't need you to solve my problem. I just need you to listen. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I can do that. Yeah, nice. That's great. Um, so we all know the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, what do you most value in your community of friends and our family who help or are helping you raise your kids? Family, I, I think is incredibly important, um, because they're just, they're there. Mm-hmm. Knowing that they're there, um, is really nice. You know, listen, it's incredible when they take the kids for a sleepover mm-hmm. and Laura and I can go out of the town. That's great. I, I think just being able to share and call up and vent and say, oh, my God, this is what happened. Um, and in this day and age, 
you know, with the cell phones and the FaceTime, it, that that's great. Just that, just that there's a presence there. Yeah. I, I um, I uh, sometimes I think I take that for granted. Um, our family is pretty close knit, and it's really nice because I I know other people that don't have that. Yeah, it's nice. You're all in LA. That's a huge bonus. Um, and then what quality do you most admire and hope to instill in Cooper and Ruby? Or if they already are, you know, kind of showing that they're... I think just to, to be kind, mm-hmm. to just be a, a good person, to be nice, to be kind and considerate. Um, those values were instilled in me um, by both my mother and father and my grandparents to just, no matter what, just to be kind to somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, Cooper is really very kind. Ruby too, but she's, uh, you know. She's um, so sweet. I heard the story when you guys were interviewing at school that she, on her way out. Yes. She like went up and thanked the teacher for yeah. the day, like totally on her own, which yeah. is so cute. Yeah, I, I want my kids to be confident and mm-hmm. secure with themselves. Mm-hmm. I want them to, you know, um, continue to dream big and Mm -hmm. and be creative and um knock on wood that they're healthy and happy Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's really important for laura and i that they are are kind people yeah that's great um great well thank you so much um i'll have it on the podcast notes but do you want to share your website where people can find you Oh, yeah, what is my website? <laughs> I have to look. I, my website is, um, I think it is www.andrewwasser.com. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I don't even know. I know that sounds... That's okay. It'll be um, in the podcast notes so people yeah. can find you. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.